everyone, and welcome back to From the Front Row. Today, we are delighted to have Dr. Ken Anderson on the show. Dr. Anderson is a clinical associate professor in the Department of Health Management and Policy at the University of Iowa. He is also the director of the Executive MHA program. He is also one of the founders of the CAMBUS, which is a free public bus system that primarily serves the University of Iowa campus and the Iowa City area. I'm Rasika Mukamala, and if it's your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they're relevant to anyone and everyone, both inside and outside of the field of public health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Anderson. Thank you for joining the show, Dr. Anderson. I'm sure that many of our listeners use the CAM bus every day. Can you talk a little bit about how the CAM bus program started? Well, I'm going to call the way we started as just seeing a wonderful incident. But as it turns out, I think it's grown into something that's really provided a valuable service for our students and, in fact, the entire community. The, uh, the origins are somewhat haphazard in the sense in the early 1970s, we had um, a thought that we wanted to mirror what other cities were growing into with respect to mass transit. It was a time when we were really uh, largely focused on a lot of issues of social responsibility. And so we were trying to think that transportation was a way of minimizing what was the carbon footprint at that time, even before we started talking about it in a way. Yeah. But also at the same point in time of building a community of users of mass transit that would kind of collate our community, bring our community together, and would also provide some way as great academic institution, we could springboard people's knowledge so that perhaps their acceptance of mass transit in the future would be, would be very strongly received. When I say it's a bit of an accident, I will say it because there was a desire that sort of sprung forward organically of trying to find one way of getting from one part of campus to another. And, and really the Residence Hall Association did a really nice job of kind of coalescing this too, because we were in the middle of the winter in Iowa, trying to find ways of getting people from the west side of campus, particularly undergraduates, to the east side of campus where most of their classes occurred. And so a lot of it was just trudging either across the river or across the bridges. But some people had an idea that maybe if we could get school bus somehow, we could kind of get people moving back and forth across the river. So that was something that came about in the um, 1970-1971 time frame. And then it had some benefits sort of organically erosion us. And so one of the things that came up was that, well, imagine if we were to scale this up a little bit instead of just having a bus run between residence halls. Imagine if we took it upon ourselves to find a student-owned and operated bus system where we could go ahead and help ourselves and help our community to kind of accept this single bus moving back and forth across the river. And a really wise undergraduate student at the time who was in the business school came forward with a TV station, I believe it was KCRG TV in Cedar Rapids, and asked them to come down and fill this one bus in motion and it showed students standing and freezing, waiting, and it was it was wonderfully snowing at the time. It was the perfect scenario so that when people who saw that news story saw that there was uh, some idea that maybe a campus bus system would be a positive thing, 
it created this groundswell of support. So we were looking kind of for donations to get the thing rolling. And in fact, parents and grandparents were seeing this and they would see students standing there shivering and getting on this bus. And this is a good idea I can get behind. So there was the initial bond of maybe we could go ahead and just fund this through voluntary donations. And I think there were many of us who realized that was a non-sustainable proposition. So I happened to be on the students at the time, and I was running on a, a ticket that was with a group of people called the Collective. There were five co-presidents of the, of the undergraduate school, and they, many of them were from urban areas and understood the idea of uh, what bus systems and train systems to do. And so they got behind it, and I got behind it as a member of Student Senate. And so we pulled some money out of our coffers to provide the first seed money for campus to get rolling back in 1972. So in um, in the late winter, early spring of 72, we put together some money along with some money that had coming through the residence hall associations. And then we had a really strong university president supporter of student activities at that time by the name of Dr. Sandy Boyd, Willard Boyd. And he said, well, we'll commit some money from the University of Iowa as well. And uh, lo and behold, what happened came out of from multiple sources, we started getting rolling with the possibility of something that could be a, a bus system. We'll talk a little bit more in terms of where where it sort of came from in its next iteration and its naming and so forth. But that was the origin, so. Yeah, no, that's a great story. I think a lot of people, myself included, use the CAM bus, and it's really cool to hear kind of how it started because it's ha- kind of had a life of its own before the modern iteration nowadays. So it is really cool to hear that it kind of started with just a student idea, really. Yeah, we had we had this wacky idea. I think back in the 1970s, we as students probably thought a lot of ourselves that we could probably do anything, change the world. So it was a time of high social activities and, and we thought this great way for our students to help ourselves and to help the community. And so, you know, it, it had a tendency to sort of grow. And the next step we had was, well, how do we make this sustainable? And that's where I had this idea that brought forward this idea through Student Senate uh, of perhaps if students could put some muscle behind this, some financial muscle behind this, then since we have a lot of students on campus, we just a little bit for each of the students, we could probably make enough to make this sustainable. And so, the idea of proposing a student fee that came to sustain Canvas was something that got a lot of debate in the student senate and the student read. Overall, we took it to the students. We asked the, the students what they thought, and they said, well, we see the value in us. This seems to be something that's good for all of us and good for our community. So they have behind the idea of a student fee, which is at first, I think it was quite low. It's like bucket a quarter, buck and a half for each student. Per semester, and then they gave the seed money to develop a budget, actually turn this into a sustainable and working idea. So we we started with, as I mentioned, kind of this little school bus that ran back and forth across the campus, and and we went forward and we said, well, maybe there is an idea that if what we did is we we took some buses, we leased them, to purchase them, and took this couple hundred thousand dollar budget that we had from the sources. I originally had talked to him and put that together and we had it fairly cheap labor, labor. So our thought was we'll have student bus drivers. Mm-hmm. 
then not only a great opportunity to learn something, to be employed, but it'll be cheap labor as well. And then we started these three routes that were started up. The first was this inner door route, which was kind of mirrored after the uh, the first school bus. And then the other two routes, one that ran clockwise and one that ran counterclockwise on campus that we called the red route and the blue route. We said, there's our bus system. We have it set. We got student drivers. We've got some buses now. We routes and utilization, perhaps sustainability in terms of where we are. It was a lot of fun. There were, uh, you know, the University of Iowa's always had a long reputation of having great artists that are here. And so we said, as we got these buses, we said, well, let's, let's make them distinctively our buses. And so mm-hmm. we painted them white, excuse me, white on the top. And then there was a black stripe and yellow on the bottom, much like the color motif that's still on campus today. And then we let the students in the art department kind of say, well, what would you like to do to the front of these buses? So there were, there were students who came forward and they, they painted like a dog face on one, on one oh, bus. They, cool. they printed a smiley face on another bus. They, uh, they painted a, a kind of a growling smile on another bus. And that kind of gave it a distinctive blend and operated it maintain kind of a feeling to it. And I just remember it was kind of funny because a couple of years later, those buses appeared in some national news stories. Oh, wow. Um, so there was a just a wonderfully brilliant newspaper called the National Inquirer. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. The National Inquirer was, was really big about sensational stories and so on. And so they had heard about these buses. And so they asked if we would stage a picture, which we did. We pulled a couple of buses coming up the street towards what would have been the old field house. And they took a picture of two of these buses with faces. One had a smile. So one had this kind of gnarly, growly smile. On it. And it appeared in National Enquirer. So I think the Iowa bus system, the Universal Iowa bus system, got kind of quite a bit of its uh, reputation out of that. Yeah, no, that's great. When you and the team kind of started talking about this, I know social determinants of health is kind of a buzzword that kind of started recently. And I know you kind of mentioned like social policy, but what kinds of things were you hoping to address with the CAM bus other than just kids not being in the cold in the winter? Were there any underlying factors that you were trying to address? Sure. I mean, I think I think kids not being in the cold was really a big driver. But mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned at the time, we were we were we were kind of growing up in a time of large scale social responsibility. The Vietnam War was going on. There was a lot of concern about the environment that was going on. So some of the other drivers that happened, they were part of the origins of Canvas for us. This idea about becoming of our own destiny, students owning and operating, and sort of becoming our own community, sort of taking care of ourselves and taking care of each other in the broadest definition of what social responsibility is for communities. I think we were really interested in that. I think a a second part is that we wanted to show that there was an opportunity for not only our community, the the community in and around the University of Iowa could benefit from having mass transit expanded, somewhat akin to what was found in in other cities where we could actually decrease print that was with everybody driving all over the place. So we were, we were already a fairly pedestrian, bicycle-rich community. 
But this yeah. is yet one more way of kind of trying to help boost this idea of pulling ourselves. And I guess I'll say finally, in a lot of towns, universities reside, there is a, what I'll call an unnatural tendency to draw this artificial line between town and gown, um, mm-hmm. where the concerns of the town are very distinctively different than the concerns of the universities that are residing in those towns. Our belief was we we're all part of Lincoln. So when we thought about this idea about who could set foot on a bus, we said, well, nobody can set foot on a bus. We're, we're all one community. So it, it really, I think, helped to reach out and cement the relationship between the University of Iowa City by saying we're all one. So I think there was that. And, and I think, you know, leaving the lessons of uh, what mass transportation was, was a key driver for everybody to kind of move forward in their lives as they graduate from the University of Iowa to imagine what their communities might do if they wanted to think about something similar. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, one question that I had for you was, how did the name CAMBUS come to be? Was it always called the CAMBUS or was it called something different? How has that? How did that name come about? Well, I think you know, this is a, a really kind of cool part of the origins of CAMBUS. Again, from the very nature of what it was as a student-led, owned and operated kind of organization, we decided, well, since it's really about us, maybe the name should come from us. And so, oh, yeah. so we, we sort of, uh, well, you know, I guess we can ask around and see who has great ideas and the students then can ask and this cooperative co-presidents can ask and we'll come up with something brilliant. And of course we did not. And so the next thing, which was from a crowdsourcing perspective, one of the smartest things did is that we opened it up to the community to sort of say, well, name your bus system. Uh, It's after all, it's by us, for us, and about us. So you should be having a voice in naming this bus system. So we held a contest. We actually received what we thought was a wonderful name was called Cambus, and it was named after a region in Europe where, which was highly focused on mass transportation. And so Cambus was a shortened version of that because we thought, well, Cam, Buzz, Campus, Buzz, yeah, that makes good yeah. sense. And so this was something that came organically again from just a student. And of course, as students, we had you know, huge dollars to put in for this competition. Well, not really. So the winner, the winner of the Canvas, which, you know, to this day, probably if you were to hold a, a marketing campaign and come up with what's the name and you would come up with Canvas and it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars for a marketing campaign to, to come up with this one. Like the, the winner of the, the naming competition, who was one of the students, received a pizza. Ah, that you know, college like, students will really do anything oh, for Ooh. College, yes, you're right. College students will do anything for food. They will have been this bus is decide, you know, how brilliant somebody could be at home, sit in his dorm or apartment, and sort of be a believer in this system enough to say, well, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes thinking about this. And of course, the prize is wonderful. I get a, a free pizza out of this. And so, yeah. so that's how. Wow, that's great. Were there any other contenders that you thought about? You know, I mean, everybody 
wanted to have some kind of a variant of student or campus or mass transit or bus. But this was the one that kind of stood out because it really stood for something bigger than it than it was just as cannabis. It stood for almost an international view of what mass transit could mean to a community. And I think it combined the very things we were looking for, which was our campus, which was an organic idea that we had, that we were a part of, that we were this community called the campus. And it was a bus system. So campus or one the day. Yeah. I can't imagine it being called any different. So uh, it's me a great... either. Me either. I just as I mentioned, I think you give you give students a little bit of an incentive, particularly so Yes. <laughs> you give them an opportunity to be a part of something far bigger than they and they can accomplish three things. So this is one of, of coming forward to help the buses. Yeah. When you and the team kind of came up with this idea, what was your goal immediately? Was it, did you realize how much of a legacy and impact it would continue to have? I know you mentioned there was three routes and we still have all three of those routes, but now there's so many more. Some of them go to the research park in Coralville across town. Did you really anticipate any of those things happening? What was your impact that you wanted to create? No. A chance, this vision, so well calculated and well thought out. This was something, it was just a wonderful accident how it happened to begin with. And this little organic seed funding that, that came up and this idea about leasing buses that we painted. And so this was about as big as we ever could have dreamt that we were going to get with this. And so when we had six buses and we had three routes, we said, all right. Now let's move on to the next thing. That's as, that's as big as this thing is ever going to get. We're, we're done. Right. And, uh, you know, I think this clearly is, is, I've been away from the university for quite a few years and then coming back. And even on my return visits, I'd be back here for say, summer education, I'd take, or where the writer's workshop classes, and I'd see these buses go by. And I, I remember thinking to myself, this was certainly not what we had ever envisioned, that we'd have these big fancy buses and bionic buses for people who needed special arrangements for transportation. This was in no way what we had envisioned when we thought about how do I get a student safely through the winter from one part of the campus to the next? That was all we sort of set our minds to in terms of trying to solve the problem of. Yeah. And I think now too, I've seen like for football shuttles and like the basketball games, they'll also utilize the cam buses. So it really is much bigger than I say. It really is the community and the extended community too, especially if people are traveling into Iowa City to support the Hawks, they could use that system too. And I think it kind of builds community, especially when people are going to the games and things like that, you always like see people wearing Hawkeye gear and it's kind of nice to see people who you might not know, but are all coming together for kind of like one cause. So true. You mentioned the research park and then you mentioned people going to games. You know, this was, this was clearly an expression of this little seed idea that then will students sort of continuing to provide inputs and imagination and creativity and more thought in terms of where this might go. The students have done such a great job of explaining the utility of this. So when we think about it as solving some social determinants issues like transportation being one of them, 
You find people going to their jobs. So going to yeah. the or you find people who are going to sports and recreation activities. You find people going to their medical appointments. So, you know, the, the print of this on our community is so solid and visible. We realize that it becomes just a part of who we are as, as a kid. Sort of a humor story. I happen to be standing at a Kimba stop. It must have been last winter. And a, a couple with three of their children were there and they all had their Hawkeye gear and they were getting ready to go to a woman's basketball game. That's one. As of course, a lot of people do these days. But mm-hmm. they were standing there and said, can you, can you point us out to our Hawkeye arena? I go, well, it's to Cross River. It's up this hill and blah, blah, blah. And the little kids were going, Mom, it's cold outside. It's so cold. And can we can we park up there? And and I said, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's there's a bus system that runs through the campus. It'll take you right up to the Carvajalca Arena. And they, they oh, this is terrific. And so and the first question they asked is after, you know, will I get us there out of time for the game and so forth and so on? And where do you stop? And is there a schedule? But the next question they asked is, so how much does it cost? And I said, well, it's pretty. They could not believe it. Wow. That we could have something like on our campus. They were from out, far, far, far out of town. But I thought, what a great testimonial to what the students are doing in a broad sense to have our community seen so visibly as a positive place to be. Yeah, I totally agree. And hearing you say that kind of makes me think about accessibility and how it really having the canvas available, especially for students who maybe are international students and don't have a car. I know there's one that runs like to apartment complexes and things like that. So it really does, I think, increase accessibility of education to people in the sense of that you don't need a car to get around Iowa City. Like this will this can supplement you. So if that's the kind of like determining factor of you coming to the University of Iowa, it's not really a problem. And I think now that all the routes have been expanded, it really does take you from like one side of town to the other. And we, t- I, you kind of mentioned like patients at the hospital. There's really an ability for them to get there a lot easier and employees too, especially like from the Hawk Law and things like that. So I really think it, it really does change. I think people's view of what public transport can do because a lot of people think like oh the subway in new york or you know the metro system in dc but really this is kind of solving that problem of transportation in iowa city and while it might not be like underground like it is in other cities this is what works for iowa city and i think it's great that it was actually student created too yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, I think the organic nature of it is what gives us this really distinctive nature of bringing the community together and around it as this campus bus system. And I, I, I really, as an as an educator now myself, one of the things I find tempting is to is to just get involved with the kinds of things that I educate about. But one of the things that I also find very appetizing for myself is in the College of Public Health. I look at education very broadly. And what does it mean to be educated? Well, I think there's things that are in a textbook, or things that are in lectures and so forth, but there's a lot of education that happens from your time spent in the community. And I think 
that's what we're doing now is we're educating people about bigger issues that are really involved in every community. And that is, how do you tackle things that are tough for hunger and joblessness and housing and transportation? So this gives a bit of a model where people could begin to educate themselves, dream bigger about some of these issues every day, Russell. I totally agree with you. So our, my last question for you is something that we ask all of our podcast guests, and your answer can be related to the canvas, related to healthcare, or just life lessons in general. But what is one thing that you thought you knew but were later wrong about? I guess um, I would say that I, I and many others of us went through a period of time where we where we thought we could kind of take on anything and everything in the world and solve it. And I think what we realized is that all of these things uh, take a heavy lift over a long period of time. And I think what I was wrong about at the time was that if we just push hard, push this stone up the hill and just are all committed to it, it'll change tomorrow. We'll get to the top of the hill. And even with something as wonderful as campus, when we push it to the top of the hill, we realized there was yet another hill in front of us. So I think what I learned was this concept related to patience, persistence, that great ideas should be stood behind, but also that there is um, a certain restlessness you need to maintain, but you need to maintain that over time in a persistent, patient fashion to really get across the next hurdle and then the next hurdle and then the next hurdle. So that's what, what I learned, particularly through this experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. For our listeners, be sure to check out the CAM bus and the transit app. And please join us next time for our next episode. Thank you. That's it for our episode this week. Big thank you to Dr. Anderson for joining us today. This episode was hosted and written by Rasika Mukamala and edited and produced by Lauren Lavin. You can learn more about the University of Iowa College of Public Health on Facebook. Our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your colleagues, friends, or anyone interested in public health. Have a suggestion for our team? You can reach us at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode is brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Until next week, stay healthy, stay curious, and take care.